I wrote this message several weeks ago, um, you know, didn't really know that it would be the message I would be sharing uh, at this moment, um, but here we are. God calls us to faith, um, and He has a lot to say about faith, and I think He wants to say something this morning. Let me pray for us one more time, and then we'll get going. King Jesus, you are good and faithful and true. You are our living hope. The empty tomb declares that the grave has no claim on us. That just as he lives, we also will live. But in this age, in this time, in this season that you've called us to, we must walk by faith and not by sight. Show us how to do this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a Bible, let me ask you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. As we talk about what it means to, to walk by faith. And so, you know, now as a church, as we are considering the next stage of the life of our church, whatever that may look like, walking by faith is of utmost importance because the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me say that again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So unless we act in faith, nothing we do as individuals or as a church will please God. And the thought of that must be intolerable to us. We exist to please God, which means we must walk by faith and not by sight. But what does that look like? I want us to learn today from some examples. You're familiar with Hebrews 11. We call it the hall of faith. I think there's some principles we can draw from this morning. That's what I want to look at from Hebrews chapter 11. Beginning in verse 1, if you're able and willing, I'd like to invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the, convic- the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up, so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah 
herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age. Since she considered him faithful who had promised, therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as innumerable as the grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. The word of God. You may be seated. So I want us to see three principles concerning faith this morning. Number one, faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Number two, faith knows the best is yet to come. Faith knows the best is yet to come. And number three, faith trusts life can come from death. Faith trusts life can come from death. First, number one, faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. So, obviously, I don't have time this morning to walk through the entire hall of faith. But what I want to do is I want to focus especially on verses 8 and following and look at the portion dealing with Abraham and Sarah. How did Abraham and Sarah walk by faith? Uh, Why does the author of Hebrews commend them as examples for us today? Most of you are familiar with Abraham and Sarah and their story. In verses 8 and 10, the author recalls the calling of Abraham out of Haran. How old was Abraham when God called him out of Haran? 75 years old. Now you tell me, are most 75-year-olds keen on leaving their home and everything familiar to go to a foreign land and live in tents the rest of their life? He was 75 years old when God told him to pack up and move out. What would make Abraham do such a thing? What would, what would make a 75 year old wealthy man do such a thing? The Bible says, faith. Faith. Faith is what made Abraham do that. You see, Abraham would go on to be described as a friend of God. We don't know exactly how he did it, but God revealed himself to Abraham and spoke to Abraham in such a way that Abraham knew deep down in his heart that despite the external craziness of God's request, he had an apprehension of God, a grasp of God, of the glory, of the weight, of the trustworthiness of God, that he knew that deep down in his heart, disobedience to God would be even crazier than obedience. That is faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. While it might not make sense how there could be any circumstance that would justify packing up and moving everything at 75 years old, it makes sense. It made sense to Abraham because Canaan with God is better than Haran without him. And he knew that, and Abraham knew that in his heart, when? Before he saw a single square foot of the land of Canaan. He knew it. 
there with God is better than here without Him, no matter what there looks like. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Faith obeys at the cost of earthly sense of comfort and security. Walking in faith always entails a sacrifice. Right? You know, Jesus, I'm, you know, I'm in this boat. I know you're walking on water and all, but I'm pretty comfortable right here. But if you never step out of the boat, you never walk on water. It's faith. It's a, it, there's always a sacrifice of our comfort zone, our sense of control, our sense of stability. And I don't know about you, but we lack our control. We lack our control. But faith is what? It's God calling you into places where, frankly, you're out of control. And only he's in control. That's what faith is. You know, I think the next step in our journey as a church is like this. We, not, we don't know where we're going yet. But we need to go somewhere. And I'm not talking about the location. I'm talking about the present state of our church. And we talked about this in the presentation, but we have to, we have to look reality in the eye and say that if we keep doing the same thing and we keep getting the same results, we're not going to be here 10 years from now. It's just reality. We can't stay, we can't stay where we are. Something has to change. We have to step out in faith and trust God for what the next step of our, the journey of our church is, whatever that is. If God can call a 75-year-old man out of Haran, he can call a 100-year-old church out of the same old, same old. He can. And take us to places, I'm speaking metaphorically, or take us to places that we couldn't take ourselves. To become a thriving, healthy, vibrant church full of the Spirit, full of children, full of Jesus. It's not hard for God to do if we have faith. I believe we're in a season of the life of our church where we are called to exercise unusual faith. You know, Abraham could have looked around Haran, you know, and God told him to go and he could say, God, look at Bob, Bob, Bobadai over there. Call, call him to go. You know, I don't really like him that much anyways. It'd be fine if he just packed up and moved on. Call Bob to go. But God just says, I'm calling you, Abraham. You. Not anybody else. You. I shared this with the, the, the committee. Think about a World War II generation. Now this is, you know, this is a heavy illustration, but think about the World War II generation. Who, none of those guys decided when they were born. None of those guys decided that they would be between the ages of 18 and 30 in the 1940s. But guess what? They were. And, and, War, the, one of the worst wars in human history was thrust upon them. And they had no say in the matter. And what could they do? They could complain about it. 
They could say, I wish I didn't have to live in this time. I wish I wouldn't have, I do, I wish this wasn't me. I wish I was born at a different time in history. We can say all that, but the truth is, is either they were going to rise to the call or not. We don't get to choose the times in which we live. God does that. We don't get to choose the challenges that we face. God does that. The question is, is will we rise to the occasion? of the challenges that are placed in our lives. We are the ones, the great, the great saints of Cottondale who have gone before us. They were faithful in 82. They were faithful in 92. They were faithful in 2002. But we are called to be faithful in 2022. That the 2022 has not fallen on anybody else. It has fallen on us. The decision, the weight is on us. We have to take up the armor of God, take own our spiritual responsibility and rise to the challenge. That's on us. It's not on anybody else. It's on us. God has called us, whether we like it or not. He has called us in this room to exercise faith for Cottondale Baptist Church in 2022. To meet the challenges of today with faith. Faith in God. Faith in what could be. Faith in being obedient, even if we don't always know 100%, like Abraham, where we're going. Or what the destination will look like. Faith that even though we might not know what the outcome of everything will be, we believe in our hearts that there with God is better than here without Him. Because God wouldn't lead us to a bad land, a bad place. Abraham, for Abraham, it meant living in tents, but that was okay because God was there. So number one, faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Number two, faith knows the best is yet to come. Faith knows the best is yet to come. In verse 9 there, it says, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So think about it. Abraham went to live in a foreign land. And by the way, he, he did go to the foreign land, and he, he, he owned, he, 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 he become to own none of it, really. Just one tiny burial plot. I mean, he, he owned none of the land that he would see. Abraham himself would, would get to the land of promise, but he himself, remember God's, God's promise? God's promise? What did God's promise say? In Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, what does it say? God told Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God took a 75 year old man with no children and said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And I'm going to take you to a land you do not know. And the truth is, is now think about Abraham's life. It was 25 years after the promise. 
that Isaac was born. That's a long time to wait on God. It was 25 years after the promise. And the truth is, is that in Abraham's lifetime, he never saw his offspring become a great nation. Abraham didn't even live to see the whole promise fulfilled. What did that mean? It mean Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. It means he trusted that God was going to keep his promise even if it wasn't on Abraham's timeline. He believed the promise. And the author of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us that the reason Abraham could do this is because he was looking forward to the city that has foundations. Now think about that. Abraham lived in tents. Tents got no foundation. It's not a permanent dwelling. Abraham was okay living in tents now because he knew that he had a home with a foundation then. You see, you can do things uncomfortable now when you know you got better coming then. That's faith. Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. He knew that Canaan, as good as it was, wasn't ultimately to be his home because the promise was yet to come. That he, that he could live in tents now because his permanent dwelling was coming then. And we as Christians, the Bible calls Christians foreigners and strangers and exiles in the world. We can live as strangers in this world as long as we know that we have a home there. And if you don't believe that yet, you better start believing it because what you believe is going to become a lot stranger to this world. You better, we learn, we gotta to learn to be comfortable to be foreigners, even in our own land. And one way to put this principle that we learned from Abraham is that faith knows that the best is yet to come. Abraham didn't see it. He didn't get to see it in his earthly life, but that didn't keep him from leaving, living in a tent for God because he knew that it, the best was yet to come. Faith is what? It's the assurance of things hoped for, right? Not the, not the vague hoping against hope kind of thing. It is the assurance of things hoped for. Abraham didn't think, man, I hope really God, I hope God really keeps his promise. That's not what made him live in tents. What made him live in tents is, I know God will keep his promise. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. We might say of things yet to be seen. We who are called to exercise the faith of Cottondale Baptist Church in 2022, I believe with all my heart that we can never forget that the best is yet to come. This is a danger with every church. And not just ours, but churches in similar situations to ours, is we look to the past and we rightly have a strong sentimentality for the past. We must, we should. Seasons of joy, growth, vibrancy, gladness. We remember all the loved ones, all the treasured memories that we have in this church. We must do that. We must remember that. We must honor that as best we can. 
But I believe God wants to press this question upon us. And I just want you to answer this question in your heart. This is an honest question. Are the best days for Cottondale Baptist Church behind us or ahead of us? What do you think? We, we should love the past. We should honor the past. But unfortunately, there's one thing we cannot do. We can't go back to the past. If the best days are behind us, then what are we doing? If the best days are ahead of us, we can move forward in faith and courage and conviction and zeal and step out into the scary yet exciting unknown where the only thing that's holding you on top of the water is the power of Almighty God. Step in faith into the promise, and we have promises, church. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. For Christians, and this is what the author of Hebrews is saying, for Christians, the best days are always ahead of us. Just turn on the news. (laughs) We don't live in super great days. The best days are always ahead of us. There will be a day when the Bible says we will be saved to sin no more. As John Newton said, there will be a day when we have been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. And even then, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. If we walk by faith and not by sight, if we cling to the promise, if we'll be okay living in tents now for the guarantee of the home with foundations then, we can move forward in faith because we know in our hearts that the best is yet to come. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Faith knows that the best is yet to come. And finally, number three, faith trusts life can come from death. Faith trusts life can come from death. Look at Sarah here in verse 11. It says, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man... And him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of the heaven and as many as the innumerable as, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So we have here Sarah who, like Abraham, had to exercise a little faith of her own, and it might, she might have struggled a hair more than Abraham did. I think most of us are probably more like Sarah than Abraham in this story. Despite her misgivings, despite her laughing at God's word when she, when God said that she would have a child, and then 
uh, her being embarrassed and denying it. Yeah, don't lie to God. Come on, folk. Don't lie to God. Sarah, who laughed at God's word, guess what? She finds a place in the hall of faith. Isn't that amazing? That's encouraging to me. How did Sarah exercise her faith? Well, despite her initial misgivings, we, we see from the author of Hebrews that apparently she did in fact come to believe God's word as laughable as it was to her initially. It eventually dawned on her that God was quite serious about what he was saying. And though she was around 90 years old, that wasn't too old for God to give her a child. I don't know how many 90-year-old ladies are here looking to start a family. But here's Sarah. And get this. Look at at verse 11. By faith, she received the power to conceive. You see that? By faith, she received the power to conceive. To conceive. This is an important reality concerning faith. Faith is the key that unlocks the floodgates of God's power. God's got all the power you could ever need. But He only gives it to those who exercise faith. By faith, she received the power. Faith is the wire that completes the circuit so that God's power can flow. Faith is itself is ultimately a gift from God. That's why the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. That's a good prayer. But wherever God is at work, faith is there. And we are called to exercise it with all that we are. Because Jesus said, faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Faith unleashes God's power because faith at root is helplessness. It's the cry of the heart that says, I can't, but God can. That is faith. And by faith, the Bible says Sarah conceived at 90 years old. And by faith, it says Abraham, as good as dead. How would you like to be described like that? He's as good as dead, y'all. Faith as good as dead, uh, Abraham as good as dead, became a father. Isaac, the child of the promise. So you got Sarah, Sarah whose womb was dead. You have Abraham who's as good as dead. And in the face of all that death, God gave life. Faith trusts that life can come from death. You know, in another place in Hebrews, it says that when Abraham offered his son Isaac, it said he was willing to do that because he believed that if he killed Isaac, God would raise him from the dead. Because faith believes that life can come from death. Now, I don't believe in any sense that we're a dead church. But if you look over the past several years, we are dying. Slowly, we've been bleeding out people. 
Is that a bad thing? Well, it depends. What do you mean? Was it a bad thing that Sarah was 90 years old and wanted to have a child? Maybe. Unless God shows up. And then, it doesn't matter if you're dying. It doesn't matter if you're dead, if God shows up. Because faith, God, through faith, can bring life from death. So we are the ones today that get, by faith, to turn the key for Cottondale Baptist Church to unlock the floodgates of God's power. We are the ones, by faith, of Cottondale Baptist Church who get to complete the circuit by utter helplessness and dependence on God so that God's power can flow through us. God can bring life from death. God can fill our church. He can fill it with faith. He can fill it with zeal. He can fill it with our loved ones. He can fill it with our neighbors and our co-workers and our friends and acquaintances who don't know Jesus. He can fill it with children. He can fill it with joy and hope and excitement and expectancy. I know God can do that because he can fill an empty womb. And he can make an empty tomb. It's a small thing for God if we'll believe him. So that's the call upon us, church. And so today, I just challenge you, and I challenge us as a church, let's walk in faith. We're going to take a vote after a while after this service. The only thing I ask you is this, vote in faith. Vote in faith. God, remember, this is Cottondale Baptist Church. At the end of the day, it's not my church, it's not your church. This is Jesus' church. And he can do whatever he wants. We just got to put up our sails to be ready for the wind to blow. And I'm praying that it's going to blow and blow hard. And push us on to where he wants us. God can fill an empty womb, he can make an empty tomb. It's upon us to exercise faith. As I close this morning, more important, infinitely more important than the decision we're going to make in a little bit would be the decision of somebody in this room, if they haven't already, to follow Jesus Christ. We sang it earlier. God raised Jesus from the dead to show that if you'll trust in Jesus, he'll raise you from the dead too. He'll forgive you of all your sins, bring you into his eternal family, and make you into who you were made to be. If you exercise faith. I pray that you would today. Let's pray together. King Jesus, we gather today in the fear of you. All we ask for this morning is, Lord, increase our faith. Show us the way, God, that we may walk in it. We submit to you. This is your church. So we all we ask is that you would have your way this morning. Have your way, King Jesus, in us. Make us into who you desire us to be. Grant us, I pray, King Jesus, to be a bright and burning lampstand in this community, no matter what that looks like. To be faithful, to be courageous, to have faith, 
to have the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. I really believe, King Jesus, that the best is yet to come. But we can't, we can't, we can't take ourselves there. Only you can. So fill us, God, we pray. Show us the way, King Jesus, we pray. And maybe somebody this morning, they have yet to trust in you. Oh, Spirit of God, stir their heart to see you, King Jesus, as you are. You are high and lifted up. You are seated on your throne. And you are coming back one day. You are worthy of all we have to give, God, and so much more. Help us give it, God, we pray in Jesus' name.